Welcome to Season 5 of KnowledgeCast, hosted by Jack Williams. We're excited about this season's guest, and you can learn more about this new season along with our guest in previous seasons at jackwwilliams.com slash podcast. Now let's listen in to an all-new episode with Jack and this week's special guest. Welcome to our fifth season of Knowledge Cast. Glad that you joined us today. And if you're a first time listener, welcome. And if you're one of our regulars, thanks for coming back. Well, today I want to welcome our guest, Lamar Thomas. Lamar is currently the principal at Delta Innovative School in Quitman, Georgia. Prior to that, he was a graduation coach and assistant football and basketball coach at Brooks County High School. And after assuming the role of principal, Lamar still continues to coach football at Brooks County, which is a very highly successful program here in Georgia. In Lamar's time in education, he's been named Teacher of the Year. Twice he's been named Administrator of the Year, and his school, Delta Innovative School, has been the spotlight school on two occasions. Lamar is a graduate of Valdosta State University, and also he's the host of the Expect to Win podcast. Well, welcome, Lamar, to Knowledge Cast. Thank you so much, um, Coach Jack. Um, you know, and I still going to call you Coach Jack because I know you you come from that that background, and that's how we connected. And, and you know, I'm a bit a big advocate for for coaches just because you know a lot of people try to put us in a little bottle that that we only coach a particular sport, but when you're a coach, you coach life. Um, there you go. And and everyone in life need coaches. You know, you need someone that's going to motivate you and someone that's going to continue to push you and lead you in the right direction. And I want to say that you are doing that. Um, and and throughout all your your organizations and your groups, um, you have always been an awesome coach, and you still continue to push and coach um, throughout today. So I want to just say thank you for even um, the consideration um, of even having me on. So I'm I'm very blessed and and pleased to be here. Thank you for that non-paid political uh, <laughs> endorsement there. Uh, well, listen, many of our listeners, uh, Lamar, may not be familiar with the term alternative education. Tell us about uh, alternative education program and describe the background of a, of a typical student who would attend an alternative school. Yes, sir. Well, j- just like everything else, you know, over over time, change happens. Um, and I can say that in the past, alternative was, um, I guess, always kind of pinpointed as the bad school. That's where the kids that got in trouble or did something wrong, they got placed in the alternative ed school. And it was like that for a couple of years. Um, and I think that just kind of um, left a stain in people's brain, you know, and, and that's what they see. But now in 2023, it is vastly different. Um, with the with the different things that our students go through now, um, everyone can't can't go through the same path. So alternative is really just a non-traditional. It's not a necessary a bad label. It's just a different way. You know, some people go to Atlanta going 75 and some people like to go back roads. So alternative schools is really those back roads, um, you know, that go around and take different measures and you may go through small towns. Um, so the type of students that we are receiving now are um, high anxiety students, students who, you know, just don't like the um, the populations, you know, you know, the big crowds. And we've had those students all the time in schools, um, you know, and the counselor would just have to work very hard at trying to create a environment that was warming and conducive for all students to learn. Well, now it's getting a little easier because 
you know, some people created charter schools, um, but they're they're hard to fund. But now a lot of people are really just reforming their alternative schools to where the alternative schools is that way of making a inviting, warming environment. Because right now at my school, I would say last year I got up to 140 students and I'm 90% voluntary. So my students are asking to come to the school. So it's not necessarily that they've done something wrong. Um, and so we we have a, a, a big smuggish board of students that we serve. We have students with some behavior. We have students with academic needs. We have students that, um, like I said, just high anxiety, different uh, spectrum. I like to small environments. I want to be able to work at my pace. Um, we have students that have family needs that have to work during the day that need to come at night. Um, we have expecting parent students that they got a new life now that, hey, I'm, I'm expecting to have a child. So there's a couple of things that I got to do different. And this school is able to help me continue my education while I still go through the, the life struggles that I have. Well, that's a great that's a great summary and a great analysis about driving to Atlanta in the back roads. I, that's a, I've never heard that used, but uh, it really has changed dramatically over the years. Well, you've been principal at, at Delta Innovative School for seven years, and I think the name truly provides a great description of your school and you. Um, and as I mentioned in the intro, it's been spotlighted multiple times because of its unique approach and success. Talk about, you know, you've got a school motto of developing emerging leaders through action using innovative strategies. Talk a little bit about how that motto uh, was developed. Um, of course, you know, I didn't select the name, so I can't take credit for that. Um, but the the Board of Ed here, I want to say it might have been the president, um, Brother Larry Cunningham. Um, but the, the unique name of it was Delta is the math symbol for change. Right. So it's an innovative way to change. Um, and, and we took that and ran with it. Um, and I took it and just decided that I didn't want to have a prison. You know, I didn't want to have uh, just a, a large ISS room. You know, I wanted to have a, a life, a building that that really reformed and conformed students to be great scholars. Um, and that's what we put in the motto, which also spells Delta, by the way, but developing emerging leaders. Um, and just because everyone has the opportunity to be a leader, um, and you know that as a coach, so I took my coaching mentality, you know, every player got an opportunity to make an impact on this team. So every student has an opportunity to make an impact in the world and this community. Um, and we took that and just tried to make this a community school um, and to give those students hope. You know, we all will, you know, at one point in time was one decision from you know, doing something great or doing something bad, you know, sometimes that one decision. Um, and, and my job is just to be an opportunity to not let that one decision, you know, mess you up for the rest of your life to kind of see if I could coach you back to being a great student. Well, you're just a 24-7-365 coach is what you do. Absolutely. Um, and uh, that's where that, that coaching experience, background, and passion is benefiting those kids. Well, you know, in your school, the students in some cases have an opportunity to complete two school levels in one year. How do you make that happen? How do you do that? Well, you know, one is coaching, you know, so, but that that's one, you know, we, we give them opportunity because we use an online learning platform. Um, you know, we have a platform that allows students to come in and kind of work at their pace. And some students, like I said, not all students, just because they're at the alternative school, 
are incapable of learning or doing it fast. Some just for some reason have personality conflicts at the other school. Um, and a lot of times there's just some rules that's at the traditional school that some students just have a hard time connecting with the rules. You know, back when when we was in school, teachers want you to write your name on a certain side and, right. you know, and just following directions. And sometimes the, the directions is what creates the issue. So it's not that they can't do it. It's just the, the way they do it is different. And we provide a different way of doing it. Um, and so those students that really catch on, um, that really get comfortable, they don't have to worry about the large lunchroom, the the big transitions, you know, between classes, and they could just sit down and focus on their work. Um, you'd be amazed that those kids get going. And, and there's a lot of kids that I have to slow down. I'm saying, oh, wait up. We, you know, um, we usually have a large number of students that are already complete with the high school requirements that we push over to dual enrollment. So they really are done with high school, but we try to keep them in high school and push them into dual enrollment to get some of those college uh, credits while they're still in high school. So. So they don't have to deal with the distractions. They just focus on what they want to focus on. Yes, sir. And 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 sometimes the, the students. Um, and I guess I can put the let that secret out, but a lot of students just really scared of math, you know, some, you know, so sometimes I can relate to that, my man. I can relate to that one. So we'll we'll allow them to we'll come back to math. Let's go ahead and get the science and the English. Let's focus and get that done. And then we'll put our focus on the ones that you're afraid of a little later. Um, so we we also have the opportunity to kind of arrange it a little differently um to help them out. And you know, we're small enough um, to still be able to give them some one-on-one -on -one assistance. And sometimes in traditional schools, you know, you get so routine and you got so many kids, you're not always able to give that student that that one-on-one -on -one attention they need. So sometimes we're able to get you over that speed bump a little faster. I could have used you in my speed bump. The only <laughs> class I ever failed in high school or college was calculus at Georgia Tech. And it was one professor that you wanted to get. And two quarters in a row, I didn't get him, so I dropped it. And then I finally got him and actually was learning fairly good, but I just kept making stupid mistakes, and he didn't get a partial credit. And I failed the course. In the very next quarter, my in the major I was in, they dropped calculus from being a, a requirement. So if I had procrastinated one more quarter, I would have not, not had that there. But calculus and, and Jack didn't mix too well. Uh, well, your school has been spotlighted not only for the success that you've accomplished there, but you really do have some unique teaching, coaching methods at Delta. Share with us some of the unique things that, that you do to, to en enhance that learning experience and create that environment. I know when we were together at the national conference, you shared some, and uh, I think they're just really cool. Um, well, I, I come with the motto. And like you said, I, you know, I try to bring my mentality of, of coaching in, in, um, and the main thing that I do is, you know, I try to make sure my students have home field advantage. I try uh -huh. to make sure that when, when they come to school here, they are the home team and that my teachers, my lunchroom, my custodians, the secretary, everyone here knows that, you know, the main thing is the main thing. And, and we just try to create an environment um, that that's conducive to learning. And unfortunately, that's that's the real secret. Just be happy. Smile sometimes. Um, take field trips. Let's try to create real world connections. Um, and so I have to get my teachers uh, trained in that your traditional way of thinking. Get rid of that. All right. So we want to find something that's completely out of the box. I want you to find somewhere to take these kids that connect the lesson that you're teaching them. I want to find different ways to motivate these 
students to continue learning. Um, and that's the thing that we just got to get back to the 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 want to continue to learn instead of just trying to pushing all this stuff down to and like you got to check all these boxes. Um, we really want to try to focus on learning and not listening. Um, and so that's the the main strategy is to try to be be human. Um, you have to show some empathy, you know, with with these students. And that's another secret. Um, it's it's just you got to understand that students go through some things. And if you can't realize that and, and understand that, then it's just hard for you to be a happy human. You know, everybody is not, you know, built and made and go through the same thing. So you got to have some empathy. Um, and like I said, just make the main thing the main thing and, and try to get rid of some of the, the small fluffy things that make it seem like you're teaching a whole lot and really focus on learning and what you want them to learn and how can we get them to uh, want to learn more. Well, you got some unusual equipment at your school. I think you got a ping pong table and some other oh, stuff, yeah. don't you? Yeah. How, how do you use how do you use that stuff? How do you integrate that? Well, the the students um, restore the pool table, so we have a real size official pool table in the smack dead middle of the cafeteria. Um, and so I just kind of made my cafeteria, my teen center. So we have a PlayStation where they could play um, the Madden football game. I have a Street Fighter arcade. Um, we got Connect Four. We got some things. And so just like traditional schools, they get about 20 minutes, 25 minutes for lunch. And I allow them to, you know, release that. And it's just a secret weapon um, because I don't have any fights. I don't have any arguments just because I have the things that they want to do right there for them so they they usually pretty excited about going and playing it keeps them busy um we turn the music on have karaoke going um and it's just one just trying to get them to be excited about school again so it works in my favorite and if things get a little out of hand i take it all away you know just like old parent you know yeah. I, I, I take the pool sticks the balls and everything and then they don't have it and now everybody's mad so they usually works together and it's teaching them collaboration it's teaching them teamwork um, and it's and it's one of the joys of the school. Well, I know a lot of the other schools look at you like you know you're crazy, and then, then they have to go run, break up a fight, uh, right. you know, while your people are playing pool. Right. Uh, what are some of the what are some of the measurables that you track at your school? What do you think are the important measurables? Now, what I think and what the state thinks is two different things, but well, let's start with you. <laughs> okay. Um, what, what we try to do is, is along with the state, I will say, but our graduation rate is important uh, just because I know that graduating with a high school diploma is not only going to help the individual, but it will help the community. It's going to help the economic value of the community because you have more people with high school diplomas that are able to get more jobs and do more things. Um, and so the measurable that we have is what type of person can we create um, and, and how can I help you? Um, and usually that's my um, opening when, when my interview, when I meet the student and the parent, the first question I'm asking is what can I do for you? How can I help you? What what do you need from me and what what can Delta Innovative School help you with? Um, and then I just try to make sure I help the students with what they need to help with. And then I, we just try to create a, a goal uh, and some steps along the way. This is what you want to do. This is what I'm going to need for you to do to get to here. And, and if we can meet together, we'll be good friends. And I just try to, like I said, help the parent. Parent, how can I help you? What do you want to see change? What do you want to see done? Um, so measurable for me is just how can I take this lost individual or individual that didn't have hope and turn that into someone who now 
has hope. You know, we have a young lady, just one bragging. Um, we have a young lady um, who had a real trouble ninth grade year at the traditional school, um, had a lot of stuff going on, um, got into a fight, um, came here. We didn't even see her the first year. You know, she wanted to be virtual and just kind of had a lot of issues with her parents. Well, we've had her for the last two years and she graduated this year early uh, and now she's headed to a FAMU. So this is somebody who, you know, didn't even like school and didn't want to go to school. But now that she came, so immeasurable for me is being able to take someone like that and give them hope and uh, and see them succeed. Well, do you have some former students come back and and uh, visit and share with with uh, current students? Yes, sir. Um, though, especially those we have a lot of military. Uh, when we get the ones that do the military, they usually come back when they get a break. Um, we've had one that was a diesel mechanic. Now, a uh, matter of fact, I have a former graduate that works for the board of education as a diesel mechanic and drives a route. So he graduated oh, wow. from me last year and got a job the next year already at the school. So they see him all the time. So it's, it's pretty good. Like, you know, now over the years, you know, it's really becoming more of a routine to see former Delta graduates. So it's pretty neat um, to be able to see that you've impacted some, some people lives. So that's my, my main measurable is just to make sure that people are being successful. Well, I know the reputation that you've developed and your schools developed has uh, been publicized and, and permeated throughout probably the South. But I know you've also had some people come running to you and say, listen, I want you to come be the principal at one of our large public schools. And, and you have turned that down. Um, what drives that decision to stay at Delta? Um, you know, I'm never, I've never been one, um, you know, I've never been one to, you know, do a lot of running, ripping and running and chasing. Um, so it, it's never really been about money. And for some reason, a lot of people try to throw that 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 out there first and, hey, you can get this and get that. Um, but it's really just about connection and feel. Um, and unfortunately, just with the, the line of work that we're in, I kind of like helping the underdog. I mm. like those, those people that um, have been kind of, you know, blackballed or kind of just labeled that they can't make it. Um, those are the those are the the, the kids that I kind of like the most. So it kind of is most fulfilling for me to really help those kids. Um, you know, as coaching, you know, I like the the Bill Belichick back in the days when everybody thought the Patriots wasn't good before they got right. good. That we was able to take these players that are not, you know, top draft picks, and then all of a sudden you're in the Super Bowl. Well, I try to do something similar to that in school. Let's take these kids that. Everyone else said can't make it, and then let's see if we can make some scholars out of them. Was there anything in your background? Uh, I know you, you know, graduated from from Valdosta State. Anything in your background that helps you relate to some of the stuff that they're going through when you were younger? Absolutely. Uh, I come from very similar, um, you know, broken family. Um, you know, come from some of the same situations, and I've had some of the same peer pressures. Um, so I kind of know what they're going through. Um, and like I said, and being that I've coached and what people and I keep hate, I hate to keep referencing it, but you know, when you coach, you spend a lot of time with people and you just right. learn that that there's a lot that goes on, you know, outside of you know what people see. Uh, and it just I've just developed a real empathy for for people. Um you know, and that just kind of helps. And that's what I always do is just is try my best to help people so that because I know that somebody helped me, um, you know, and we've always had somebody in your corner. And I just want to try to be that for as many people as I can.
I do a, a workshop on getting the team. You know, people don't start. I, I used to get upset when I got out of coaching. I got in the business world. And somebody said, well, I'll form a team to do this and I'll get a team to do that. So, whoa, whoa, you, you don't form a team. You have to earn the right to become a team. And I said, one of the things that you have to understand is that if you're the leader, everybody that is in your group, they bring junk to school and to practice every day. And that junk may change on Tuesday from what it was on Monday. You know, they may have had an argument with their parents. They may have had an argument with their person who they're dating. They might not be feeling good. They might, you know, all these different stuff. And I said, you got to understand that there's a lot of variables that come into play when you ask people to come together and, and start working together. And oh, by the way, not only do those people bring junk every day, so do you as the leader. And they got to put up with your junk. Right. And, you know, there's just so many variables that you have to juggle when you're interacting with people and trying to communicate and get things done. Well, you know, you, with all the responsibilities you got as a principal, you still, you know, continue to coach with, uh, at Brooks on the defensive line. How do you figure out how to make that work? <laughs> um, you know, I, unfortunately, some people try to make it. Um, and this is when I was the school counselor. It was one of the things that people try to say what couldn't be done. Um, Cause when I was the, only counselor at the high school I still coached football I was the head coach of basketball and track and I was the only counselor and people tried to say that it couldn't work but what they didn't realize was that the fact that I always was coaching I was always after school I was more approachable so you know I was more accessible you know I was there late right. night so I was able to meet with parents and do all that um and I just say the coaching now um, the good thing is alternative schools, we don't have a lot going on extracurricular. So I don't, my after school time is a little bit more flexible and coach Freeman, and I'm blessed to have someone who uh, understands my role as a principal. So if I have to go to a meeting or if Dr. Reed calls for something, a board meeting, I just have to miss practice and then go to that meeting first. So I'm a principal first, then I'm a coach second. Another thing is as coaching, you just got to make sure you set uh, the routine and the norm. So my players know what to be was was needed right. even though I'm not there and they know that what happened if I come back and they didn't do what I told them to do before you know when I wasn't there so just constant communication with the players and coaches um and and that communication is the key to being able to do both things like that well finally let me ask you this we, we've covered a lot today but I don't want to forget about your podcast called expect to win what are you trying to accomplish through your podcast and and who is your targeted audience our target audience audience is usually just anyone who sometimes we all need that push and like i said i'm just a coach um who, who's trying his best to to help everyone um and now it's about to shift though just because we're we're about to actually start targeting the alternative school audience just because in in my seven years we don't have as many resources as the traditional schools um, so I want to try to get out there and provide some resources for other schools like me, or other people like me who need and have questions and that, that need answers. Um, so I want to try to shift that podcast and try to devote that to not just alternative schools, but anyone who's trying to help young people, anyone who's trying to motivate people to get back in school. So I'm going to shift it a little bit with that. But before it was just really the expect to win mentality. You know, at anything you do, you got to want to try to win. So it's kind of 
and sums it up in, in a simple version. Well, I'm, I'm sure like everything else you put your hand to and put your effort to and put your mind to, it's going to be great. Do you have any uh, innovative plans down the road in the future for uh, Delta? Um, every year I got to get better than I was the year before. So we, you know, I got to take more trips. I got to do more. Um, I want to get more teachers of teacher of the year. Um, you know, I, I'm trying my best to, um, really conform, not just this community, but a lot of communities, especially in the state and surrounding states that alternative schools could be a lot more. Um, and I just don't think there's enough people that's putting emphasis on, giving these students an opportunity. Um, and I just think that we could do more as a, as a, I guess, as a, as a state, I'm gonna start with that, just doing more at feeding these alternative schools and, and getting programs like Ideals in, um, and getting people like you that could, that could also help. But, you know, we, we're limited sometimes on resources and things, and it's just going to take somebody crazy enough like me to keep trying to push for it. Just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I want to, I want to see everyone succeed. So uh, we're just going to keep pushing and try to be as best and save and help as many people as we can. Keep being crazy and keep pushing. I, I don't remember who, who actually said this. I can't give credit to it, but somebody you said the word impossible is the big word spoken by little people. Uh, right. It's only, you know, it's only an opinion. Uh, it's not a fact. Right. Well, Lamar, listen, I want to thank you again so much for taking time out of uh, your day today. And congratulations on, again, the fantastic job you're doing at Delta and the impact that you're having on, on those kids and, and uh, continue to push your successes in the eyes of other folks so that they can see the wins that you're getting and realize that it's possible for them too. And also, I want to wish the best of luck to you and the Brooks County Trojans in your 23 football season. Absolutely. Thank, thank you, sir. Thank you. Well, folks, thank you. Thank you for joining us today. And I, I look forward to having you back with us next week as we spend time with uh, another interesting guest. And until then, make sure you're being a positive influence in the lives of others.